Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. actually the King James one, New King James one this morning, so we're getting ready to finish up this teaching. On, I never thought I'd do one on prayer again, but I did it on prayer. Yay! Would you say together with me, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You can be seated. So today we're going to finish up with For Yours Is. It's a, and um, for the sake of new people, we've taken the Lord's Prayer and I broke it down into rooms. And, uh, and mostly because of the things that Jesus taught and said, and that uh, we all know that the New Testament tells us that in the Gospels, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Well, that's God, this is God's house. We are God's house on the earth. This is where he, he found a dwelling place. For here, I prepare a dwelling place for you. How do you prepare it? I believe in you. <laughs> And I'm prepared. Here he comes. Katie, uh, open up the gates. And he comes in. And then in John, he talks about that in my father's house are many dwelling places. Some versions say mansions, but many dwelling places. There's lots of rooms in God's house. And so I, I just took the this declaration of God's prayer and turned it around into new covenant promises and the understanding of what grace means in that and open our hearts up into how, how do I do this? And we explored prayer from a completely different angle. And uh, I don't know how it has been for you, but it's been a wonderful journey for me because I've just enjoyed doing it step by step as I was, as I was teaching it. So I have to put it so that this is noted for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever did not exist in the original manuscript. It was added. It's just one of those things that the, the writers of the New Testament, as we got into to translating those, those texts and stuff, this didn't exist. But they liked it. And they put it in there, and I thought it was really good to end what the Lord was saying in his model prayer with a way that uh, it worked liturgically, but it also centered people's hearts. So I'm going to continue to use it because I like it. Um, and uh, there's, I don't think we have to be afraid of this, and it doesn't affect, you know, is this the word of God or not? Yes. It's the word of God. It's in there, and it's our traditions, and not all traditions are bad. I found it to be extremely helpful in my prayer times because it keeps and refocuses my understanding into the new covenant and its promise towards us. How so? 
well, for me, it's more than, and I don't know what you were taught and who, who you grew up under listening to, but um, some of mine were what were known as the faith teachers or everything. They made all these faith declarations so that that which I spoke would come to pass. I, no, I'm not talking about that. Um, but it is a confession for me of this, the truth about God, about his character, about his nature, that helps bring for me peace and assurance in my life and removes doubts and fears and anxieties. Um, God does not need to be told, for his is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Guess what? He knows. It's who he is. It's what he, this is all part of what he is. So who then, you just have to ask the question, who is this for? Why pray this? To remind us, my heart. And it, it takes me to, a, to a, a place of where it's, and there's a really good, so if you look at Psalm 29, you know, it says this, to, we're to ascribe to the Lord certain things. And that means to put upon him, and actually to ascribe means to write. Write this stuff about God. And not because God needs it, but when we do it, when we write it, Upon our souls, when we say it in our prayer times, when we start declaring who He really is in our lives, something happens in our soul. Something gets an assurance in us, a, a, a truth of it grabs. So when we're looking at it, it's this For yours is, is a declaration statement of trust. It's saying to God, for yours is the kingdom. We're, we're of another country. We're an odd sort of people. I kind of like that. I like, I like being a little weird. I like being a little edgy. I like the, being a little out there. Not too much, because then you get flaky. But also, I don't want to be like the world or people that don't profess Christ, I don't want to be that way. That's, I tried that. As I remember back 40-some uh, years ago, that was pretty empty and hollow. And, you know, and I got real tired of selling Buicks in the toilet, you know. Buick! <clears throat> and that lifestyle. And that was my, and then you wake up the next morning and you have a headache and go, oh, geez, I'll never do that again. Then you do the whole same pattern of living. It's empty, hollow, lifeless, doesn't take you anywhere. And then God comes in. And you find that you are something of deeper value. And you belong to God and the kingdom. I now am a citizen of something else. It's a declaration, a statement of truth. And here's why. Because the enemy, he can't create circumstances, but the enemy of our soul uses circumstances of life. And somehow, I begin to hear and entertain lies within me again. Now, maybe it's from my own brokenness. Maybe it's that journey. Maybe it's the, uh, you're still that way. I, uh, maybe it's shame. I don't, I don't know all this stuff. 
But I start hearing lies. And I start hearing lies not just about me. I start hearing lies about God. What is character and nature's like? I start hearing lies about you. God I trust, but you I'm not too sure of. I start hearing lies about the things around me and what God has created, and I find that anxiety starts building in my heart. And Jesus talked about the enemy in this way, didn't he? I want to read it to you again. I'm going to read a longer version instead of just a short one. John chapter 10, Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. But we always stop there, but listen to the rest of this. Because this, this is the trust statement when we say yours is the kingdom. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling He who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and they will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. The word power there is authority, kingdom authority. And I have power power, the same authority, to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. So when we make a statement that says, yours is the kingdom, what we're really saying is, you're my shepherd, you're the door that I go in and out of, and you have no doubt about who you are, so I'm going to declare this so that my heart aligns itself with it. When I, when I begin to do that, something happens. Listen, you, and you, you can't pray these silent prayers and these quiet little prayers. You know, just you and the Lord alone, it's just you. Say it out loud. Do you have to? No, but I'm, something happens inside of our hearts when we make a de- declaration. You can't, you, can't do, you can't do wimpy kid here. Do you know what I mean? You can't, you can't be in prayer. Yours is a kingdom. It's, nah. Yours is a kingdom. You, you can't say it without the, the, the energy by which the kingdom signifies who God is. And something, when, when all the, I mean, listen to all the ranting and raving on Facebook or whatever social media. I don't even know. I kind of 
quit doing too much of it, and all that stuff. And people get so passionate about stuff. This is what we should be passionate about. Because this is the truth. We are making a declaration of truth. You look at this. God is truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the light. So there's truth in that. The enemy can't change this. God's kingdom was never stolen. Never stolen. So the enemy tries to use lives in our lives. It's interesting. These are called fiery darts in Ephesians 6. It says taking up the shield of faith where you can quench the fiery darts. These are the fiery darts and to get us to yield our faith and assurance that God is the one who is in charge. <laughs> and then it is, it is faith that overcomes it. When I say yours is the kingdom, I am making a faith statement from what is here. Coming out here, and when it hits here, and then goes back into here, something happens. Something happens in my heart. And I can't generate faith. I don't believe in that. You know, I don't believe in name it and claim it and you keep doing that. But I know this, when I make a declaration about God's truth, it always has an effect. Listen, 1 John 5, it says this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. True? You sure? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. What? Listen, this isn't just about what the faith teachers used to teach. There is something here that is designed by God to affect your soul and my soul. And I can recognize that. I can look back into my past and go, that's where I came from. This is where I am. This is what God's doing, and I'm a part of it. Something happens inside of me that makes me process life differently because his is the kingdom. It's a truth. It, do, it does something. So something happens in our, in our hearts. Something happens that uh, it's, it is, it's explainable, but it, it's also this. It's unexplainable. It's the mystery of true truth. The declaration of yours is, is not for God's benefit. Remember, it's for yours. And something happens in your heart. So we look then at another scripture. You take Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So when I take words that are in the word of God and I say them so that I hear them, Something gets enacted in my soul. There's a, there's a mystery of God stuff that happens. I'd love to get an equation of it for you, but then we'd all live by that equation again. And uh, 
You know, we were talking about it in our cure group this morning, you know. God's perfect, theology is not. Theology has cracks in it and escapes and yeah and what ifs and yeah buts and all that stuff. God doesn't. So this is designed by God, not in a theological way, but in a very real practical way that it opens up our hearts. When we declare a truth and our ears hear it, um, here's another little practice just to try. Not just in your prayer times. Read out loud the word of God to yourself. And read it real slow. Don't read it fast. Read it slow. If you don't understand it, Andrew Farley says read it slower. And then when you're wrestling with something, don't quit wrestling with it. Have enough tenacity, that's called faith, in you to grab a hold of it and go, I don't understand this. So read it again out loud to yourself. Before you go ask others about it, there's nothing wrong with asking others, but I believe that there's a spiritual connect that God wants to take with a truth that you don't completely understand. And when we keep wrestling with it and saying it aloud to ourselves, something happens. Can you get all understanding? I don't know. Probably not. I'm not God. Neither are you. But I know this. Kingdom values that are based in truth, when they come out of my mouth, enter my ears, and get planted in my heart, I handle life differently. I handle life with confidence and grace and assurance. It it changes us. So how does it affect your daily life? Whatever my mind, thoughts, and emotions are battling against, there are declarations of truth in God's word that enable me and empower me and build up my faith as I search for and find them, and I have this thing that happens. I become strong in the Lord. I thought that you used to have to do a whole lot of things to get this, and what I found was when I receive God's grace and stand on his truth, I get strong in the Lord. I get so strong in the Lord because grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And I learned to stand and declare. Now, I'm not talking about shouting at powers and authorities and all that in your, in your daily life. I'm talking about you speaking something into your own heart. So, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's an incredible guy. Agreed? Done incredible movies. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. This is how Clint Eastwood does movies now. If you see any movies that he's in, he is the producer of the movie. He is the director of the movie, as well as one of the lead actors. So he directs himself in the movies that he likes to produce. Now, it's not just control issues. You see, I think that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He wants to be probably the writer too, the writer, the director, the producer, and the actor in your life. And when that happens, our lives grow, that we develop, we become a a different sort of person. I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody, but I know this, in this room of prayer, 
this changes how I succumb to all the other voices that are out there. And there's tons of them. So I wanted to take one, and let's just look at the world's, plural, of government and politics. Okay, gloves off. Let's have a good fight here. Right? Anybody sick of the fight? Seven over here are. What about you guys? Are you sick all I you know, and then then it's having to decide if this kingdom is part of God's kingdom and if it here's what I know. There are truths in God's word as we come to a place, because we're talking about prayer here. And the reason we pray, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, is to recognize that there is a higher power than governments and politics. And we're to align ourselves with that understanding. So look at Psalm 24.1. You declare this in your prayer time. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. What does that mean? This is his. This, this is his. Nobody else has this. This doesn't belong to anybody else. This doesn't belong to one nation or the other. This world is his. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son for its own sake. Well, the world's going to end because climate runs again. You get into politics. The earth is the Lord's. Does that mean that we should just pollute and it doesn't matter? That's not what I'm saying. The earth is the Lord's. And it puts a security in my heart that all the different voices, this side and that side and all the various arguments, I can settle my heart. So you're just one of those Christians that you're an ostrich and sticking your head in the sand. No, I'm standing on grace and truth. God's word says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. That means all his. It's all his. Isn't that amazing? Just that one scripture, what it can do in our hearts when we pray it, removes 10,000 anxieties out of us. The world and those who dwell therein. Well, the believers. It's not what it says, is it? And all who dwell within, they belong to it says Psalm 33. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. True? The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. No, everything's like time's winding down. Things are getting a whole lot worse. Everything's really going bad and then the next thing's going to happen and then then another really bad thing's going to happen and then the end's going to happen oh man it's his if he wants to wind time today praise God you're an eternal being the world is not going to end until God says it's going to end 
there's some believe that it's not. It just gets reformed. Um, too big of theological arguments with too many cracks in it from me. My heart gets settled when I say, yep, the earth is full of your goodness. How do you know that? Well, go for a drive. Get out. Go out in nature. You know, watch some wild animals. See a young buck come through the woods. It's full of the goodness of the Lord, isn't it? Next time you eat a really juicy navel orange, you go, wow, this is true. This is so true. Psalm 104, verse 24. Oh, Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. One of the good things for Chad and I is we're included in that. We, we, belong, we belong to God, and he put us in the same pocket. So we're like two coins that have to keep rubbing up against each other. And God just going jingling them in his pocket. But you see, we're his, we're his prize. We're his possession. You're his possession. And he's got an intent with that. And my heart becomes secure when I make declarations about that. I am yours and you are mine and we are one forever. Yours is the kingdom. Here's the New Testament one. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to have the team come up. So you guys sing one more song. Yes. I'm going to take some time to read this. But if you're upset about politics in America and you're at one extreme to the other extreme and you think this person's this and that person's that and those people are ruinous and evil and these people are wonderful and good and they're all mixed together. By the way, even the, even the Old Testament, geez, you ought to read the, really spend some time reading Kings, you know, where it says at the end, it, tells, it lists out all the bad things that person did and it says, nevertheless, he was a good king. What? What? He, he, he allowed all that stuff, and you say at the end, nevertheless, he was a good king? I think God's economy regarding these things is much different than ours, yeah? And that was like pre-democracy days. This is long before the French Revolution. It's long before the Enlightenment. So back then, whatever a king said, you know, ask all the people who were beheaded. Henry VIII was such a nice guy. Phew, not. Listen to Romans 13. It settled your heart. Now you can pray this. This settles your heart over whose kingdom is whose kingdom. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. What? There's no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, the word appointed there means allowed to, to occur. He allows them in his grace. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. He's not talking about eternal judgment. 
For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. Don't cheat on your taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. How do we do that? God, yours is a kingdom. And you have a plan that I don't think I completely understand, and that includes American democracy. Uh, It seems to run afoul of things of faith and things that I understand. But yours is the kingdom, and the world belongs to you, and all authority came for you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say a declaration right now that I trust you, God. I trust you what's going to happen to the earth and with the things around me. And I'm going to settle my heart in that right now. And I'm going to remove myself from the inane fighting that seems to be going on. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to plant myself firmly that I am an eternal being. Christ, you live in me. Christ, your kingdom is my kingdom. I I don't have to have another kingdom. I'm yours and you're mine and you're in me. And so I settle my heart and I make this faith statement. The earth is yours. Its possessions are yours. You're the one that's really in authority. So I trust you. And I'm going to quit getting wigged out. I'm going to quit going down paths that steer me into fear and anxiety. And I'm going to say right now, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, God. With the whole wide world, I trust you. Amen? Just stand with me. Let's sing a song of love. You see it all and you hung the 
Maybe introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. 